You ever have a song just convict you? This happened to me. It's not even a Christian song. In fact, I, I'm guessing it's a song by a, a pothead liberal. I'm guessing. I didn't bother to look. I didn't recognize him for who he is and, and his heritage in music uh, because he's got a long family heritage in music. In fact, it wasn't until I pulled up the music video. I went, wow, <laughs> I've been convicted by a song written by this cat. And the conviction was also that this business that I'm in, this podcasting thing that we do together, and I appreciate your support so much. I'm going to ask you to listen less often. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Everything we see, all of the ruin, and I have learned to love the ruin. That's the title of this episode. I have. Everything we see, all the ruin, all the depravity, these are all things that the Lord intends us to see. And he has told us time and again to be in the world, but not of the world. Our partners at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net have been sharing with us news that in fact, in many areas of the country, it is a great time to buy a house. They can lock in rates right now, pre-approval rates for 120 days. So you have the freedom to find the home that you're gonna retire in or take the family to, or if you have prayed and you're getting out of the cities, out of the communist countries like Washington, the place where you're going to settle. It's American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. Yeah, this song just convicted me. And it's, it's you know, I, I started the cast by saying, I'm going to ask you to listen less often. And what I mean by that is proportionally. Proportionally. And truly, if the, the, the program drives you into absolute anger and doesn't provide hope, well, then I'm doing a poor job because the word of God is filled with hope. It is hope. The gospel is the good news. And it's so easy, I think, for me, and I've shared this with you before, to be drawn into the, uh, the doom cycle, doom scrolling. I mean, I kind of doom scroll for a living. That's, you know, show research these days is doom scrolling. And so the song came to me, what well, didn't come to me, but I heard this song. I thought, who is this? You know, I was driving down the freeway, so I didn't pull open that app because I have that app with the microphone off and SoundHound. I have the app microphone off, cell data off. I only use it when I'm, you know, can, can turn those things on. So I have to remember the name of the artist. And it's so weird because I, you'd think that this last name would have meant something to me in the style of music, but I, I didn't get it until I got home and I got the video. I mean, we'll play that song because it was so convicting to me. When I watched John Doyle, who is a conservative activist in Texas, well, I don't know if he's in Texas, but he was in Texas. He showed up to this bar that is that exists to service people who are same-sex attracted and getting drunk and meeting one another. That's its business model. What's your business? Oh, well, we serve alcohol 
to men who want to have sex with men. That's our business model, web dancing and such. But basically it's, it's where men can meet men, other men so that they can go have sex. That's the business model. And it's like those adultery bars you see where there's bars that are specifically for adultery, you know, men or women who are looking to cheat on their spouses, a lot of those around. Well, but there's not. I mean, there's places like that, that you know, this is where you go if you want to cheat. That's, that's, that's known, but it's not really advertised that way, is it? Nah, that's, I guess that's not true. There's swingers clubs. There's, yeah, that's, that's true. Those exist. Which are obviously, well, but again, again, you can take your partner to that. Fallen world. So how could you love this ruin? Well, I don't love the ruin of the souls. I, I clearly hate the ruin or potential ruin of these children. And, and I pray the Lord will put around them his own armor and bring to them his own light. And to the parents, I hope that he will fill them with the spirit and convict them for what they're doing. John Doyle is trying to save kids or he's trying to get famous. I don't know which one. And I, I, I dig his outrage. I understand it. And man, I could watch this and I could get to me all sorts of dopamine hits. And maybe you can too, because I want to scream at these parents. I, 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 the old Todd would want to slam the dads up against the wall and say, you don't get this. Let me explain to you what is actually happening in these clubs. But only God can intervene right now. And there's a better way. And I believe that our dopamine hits, our, our satisfaction at listening to clips like this and watching clips like this, I think if we were to calculate how much time we're spending on things like this versus the alternative, the core key alternative, well, I think we'd all stand convicted. But I think also the key to stopping this is not found in confrontations like this as satisfying as they are. I only have one question. Why do you want to put an ax wound in between your son's legs? What he says is ax wound, by the way. I'll start the clip again. He says ax wound. It can sound like something else. Now, I want to give you some warning of language in this clip. It's, it's A, it's difficult to remove. B, it, it is our fallen world. He's talking about an axe wound. Those parents are advocating for boys to have a wound put between their legs that will never heal. It is a fake vagina. It doesn't self-cleanse. It doesn't self-lubricate. It will constantly become infected because of that. It's a wound. Once that wound is there, those boys will have to wear a wedge, jam a wedge in there for up to a year or more, or the wound will heal. And I won't even go into, because I've mentioned before, the details of how they fashion the fake labia and the fake clitoris. But as we know from this, this so-called surgeon, hey, clitoris is just a small penis. Penis is just a big clitoris. They're all the same parts, all the same materials. He, a man who lives like a woman, said. We played on the show. That's what these parents are ultimately advocating for their children. They will never have an orgasm. They will never have, then, in that way, sexual satisfaction. They can never be fruitful and multiply. All of this being shoved into their heads. Some of these kids are five years old. There's infants in this event. And so I understand the outrage. And I apologize for the language. I only have one question. 
Why do you want to put an axe wound in between your son's legs? Stop. You need to have kids here. Please get away. Yeah, that's the point. 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 Please open the door. Open the door. Let us in and get the yeah. ticket. You're not making America worse. Yes, we are. What do you mean? You're making America worse. You're bringing your children you to, to this event. You need to go now. You're literally comfortable. Someone better call. We'll pray for you, sweetie. Please do. We'll pray for you. You must repent. Bless you, ma'am. Please. I wonder if the mama bear instinct is going to come out in three years when the mainstream Democrat party platform is they want to rape your kids. And they're all going to think it's one big smug little joke, these people, by the way. Understand that there is a bigger difference between 10 years ago and now than there would be between now and in five years when they're openly advocating for pedophilia like they've already started doing. You people are the symptom of a dying society, and you know it. You're scaring children. Shut the We're fuck up. Children. Shut the fuck up. You. Shut the fuck up. Shame. You are child Shame abusers. You. And you're not Shame a real woman. You. Shame on 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 you. Your children should be home. Your kids aren't actually gay. You've just groomed them. Satisfying. You could be home. You could have gone there and done the same thing in a far different way. You could have gone there and simply shown the pictures of what is done to children. If you must go confront, you can go show the pictures of the surgeries. Here you are. This is the future you face. You could go there instead with the Lord Jesus saying, no, 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 let the little children come to me. When some of the apostles felt like the Lord was being bothered. He said, no, 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 let the little children come to me. No, I want, I want to visit with them. The alternative it is the children who are being conned. It's the children who would see the pictures. This is what awaits for the, the little girls having the skin torn off their arm to make a fake penis. Here's what your arm will look like for the rest of your life. If you must confront. But what if the Lord is showing us this is the world? We're to be in the world and not of it. What would it be like to take all that time that you invest there and turn it and instead teach the children whose families will listen? What would it be like instead to go to teach the children of the families who will listen the biblical truth about bodies, about the temple, about sex and biology and gender, about the future that awaits people who divide children from the Lord. What if that was the focus? What if God is making it so evident that, guys, Satan runs this earth, right? It is fallen. What if he's saying, how's things at home? 
What if he's saying, are you ministering at home? Because the greatest threat is also the greatest indicator of the Lord saying, hey, that future is coming to the whole earth. That's going to be everywhere. Some trust in horses and chariots. Some trust in the word of God. Building our houses on rock, the rock solid nature of the word of God and ministering. And I stand convicted, guys, I'm not here to tell you I've done it well, not, not perfect or even well. But I'm inviting us to look at these events, this ruin to say, the Lord is showing us a future. We have the opportunity within our spheres, our home sphere, our church sphere, our work sphere, our family sphere, home sphere. We have the opportunity to create in our spheres of influence an immunity to this. We have the opportunity to use it to show so that kids can grow up in an environment where that stuff is as bizarre as it seems to us. Otherwise, the world will seep in. That's why this song convicted me so much. You see, it is so easy, particularly when you doom scroll for a living. You know, just last hour, just the, the content of last hour can seem overwhelming. This guy is still has a job. This guy still swings influence. This guy is still speaking about the shots. This guy is getting invited to give commencement addresses, even as deaths in Australia spike. Now, Australia had very, very little COVID before the lockdowns. And then they were some of the most militant lockdowns on earth. People were, in fact, drug out of their homes and forced into COVID camps. They literally were. Indigenous people were. You know, people living far away from society were. People were drug out of their homes for making Facebook posts, talking about protests, not even planning to go, but promoting them or talking about them. We've played the audio for you on the radio show and on the podcast. This stuff all happened. Bill Gates said that if we had followed Australia, then everything would have been fine. That was the model. Now deaths are spiking there. And 90% of the people in the ICU units with COVID-like illnesses have been injected. And they continue to boost and boost and boost and boost. So we can listen to this. This I, I believe that Tony Fauci, I honestly believe, honestly, that he is psychotic. He, I believe he's a psychopath. So we listen to this, this guy giving a commencement address. And how can I learn to love the ruin in this? Which brings me to my next issue, which actually applies to everybody in this stadium. Our divided nation. I've spent my entire professional career in Washington, D.C. as a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. Although that career path is fundamentally devoid of politics in the classic sense, being in Washington has allowed me to experience firsthand the intensity of the divisiveness in our nation. What troubles me is that differences of opinion or ideology have in certain circumstances been reflected by egregious distortions of reality. Sadly, elements of our society 
have grown increasingly unfazed by a cacophony of falsehood and lies that often stand largely unchallenged, ominously leading to an insidious acceptance of what I call the normalization of untruths. We see this happen daily, propagated through a range of information platforms, social medias, and so-called news organizations. And sad to say, certain elected officials in positions of power. Ah, yes, the orange man. I met a doctor. I met two doctors. I met three. In California, two of them are pretty famous. One of them is very skilled. Well, they're all very skilled. They see it. They see what's happened to their profession. One of them is an Orthodox Jew. The other is, didn't tell me his faith. He sees it. There's a doctor I met here in this town who did something. This town in in this area of Idaho who did something. He spoke up. He said, no, no, we can't fire nurses and doctors who won't take these injections and money's poured in for a clinic. We've interviewed him twice, Dr. Duke Johnson. Incidentally, he just won countywide office to be the coroner of our county. That's a very powerful position. He saw and he acted and that stuff's being duplicated. And there are practices now in clinics that are predicated upon actually treating disease before it takes hold. It has happened. Do you know that healthcare as an organized activity is in the Christian ethos? Luke was a doctor. Do you know that organizing healthcare clinics to care for the least of these? You wonder why there's so many hospitals named Saint This and Saint That or Sacred Heart? The word sacred is because the Lord Jesus inspired in the early church leaders a desire to serve the body, to serve the temple, to serve the health of others so that they could live long enough to see souls saved so that they could live long enough to do what they were to do for the Lord. They founded hospitals. They helped spread hospitals just as they helped spread language and thought, just as they helped found the first universities, just as they helped found the first scientific studies because they wanted to look in depth at this thing that God created this world, these beings. There is a rebirth There's a rebirth of this mission. And look, one can make money and should doing these things. And one can do this in a way that is not attacking the body. That is not aiding the tyranny. It's bubbling up. I love that it's bubbling up. I hate that it has taken these past two years of absolute tyranny for it to bubble up. But here it is. Find these people in your area. Find them and embrace them. If you listen to this, and I know that we've got healthcare providers who listen to this, what are you waiting for? 
You've heard the spirit call. You know what has been done to your industry. Your profession is evil. You know that the Lord put in you a desire to heal, not, not, not to put people under your heel. You know that the Lord planted in you skills, the ability to understand medicine at levels and, and healthcare at levels that, that, that I can't. Many people cannot. Most people perhaps cannot. You know this. The ruin that we're seeing is a opportunity to look into hell. To look into eternal torture. To look into utter depravity. We cannot build heaven on earth. Only the Lord can do that. But we can return to the roots of what it means to be a Christian. And that is to have a charitable heart. That is to do for the least of these. That is to have a patient heart. That is to not keep a list of grievances. That is to be kind. That is to do things like founding health clinics that serve the least of these. And it's happening. And some of it's happening because of the ruin. Doctors that are speaking out are speaking out because of the ruin. It's changed them. It can change us. Now, see, I got to find this song. It's not the one we're talking about in this episode, but the gentleman who runs Alan's Artisan Soaps. So Alan's Artisan Soaps um, is named after the chief soap officer. His name is Alan. He's going to be 12 this year. Uh, I believe it's this year. He's 11 going on 12. Um, and I told you before, he, he cannot form words with his mouth. He can't speak. He, he's autistic and very, very high up on the scale. And he's going to face a lifetime of surgeries because of some structural challenges with his body. So Alan's Artisan Soaps is named after him. And he's not, he's, I'm going to say it again, he's not a mascot. He works. He works and his family eats. And his dad, John, leads the company. And John just sent me this text. If the purpose of creating um, if jobs for people with special needs was found in a song, it's Earthwinds and Fire's fantasy. So I have to find this song. So it's not a fantasy, though, at Allen's Artisan Soaps. They're doing it. They have created jobs specifically in this case for young Allen and, and his unique position. I don't want to call it a disability. It is, but I don't like the word because it speaks of Allen's disability versus his ability, his creativity. He has an incredible sense of smell, olfactory through the roof. So he creates these very, very, I, I don't think they're luxurious because I think they're too subtle. But I think they're artistic scents of soaps that you won't find anywhere else. Cedarwood jasmine, watermelon basil, lavender, ro lavender rosemary, which reminds Alan of his grandmother, and vanilla lime. They didn't do this on their own. They, they sought out. John sought out families because he wanted to work with families who know the soap business. He found people who've been doing this for three generations. They listened to the mission, said, we love it. All natural ingredients. We love it. Small batch. We love it. Alan works every single day at Alan's Artisan Soaps. So it is, in fact, the sort of business that we here are so happy to support. And Alan has created for us at Alan's Artisan Soaps a subscription package only you get, only listeners to this program get. It's the Herminator Sub. All you need to do is go to Alan's Soaps. That's A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. You will get at a 10% savings 
six bars of soap, soap rack, soap pouch, and a fluff all added 10% savings. Allenssoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. In the ruin, right? What is it? Uh, in vino veritas, in wine, there's truth, loose lips. You know, people begin to speak truths. In ruin, there is the alternative. In seeing the ruin, we have the opportunity to not be in the ruin. The Lord is saying, man, people love this world. People love it down there. They love their vices. They love it. What if the vices become so obviously sick that my people will turn completely away from them? Many people sadly are flunking this. What if the healthcare world becomes not a tool of curing and healing the temple, but something to in fact enslave kids as we talked about early on with the the axe wound between the legs as John Doyle accurately called it. Or the injection dictats, despite all the evidence. Right? What if the healthcare world becomes that? Will my people, will my Christian doctors rise up? They are. Will Christ needing nurses separate themselves? They will. It is a separation that the Lord is allowing. And in that ruin, I hate that there's souls being drawn into that. I hate that there's people who've had their jobs destroyed. I love that there's people who are finally getting it. The world cannot offer you heaven. Your best life now, what does that mean? I'm living my best life now. What does that mean? What is the best life? Right, when you consider this life in comparison to eternity, and you're talking about 100 years, maybe, like unlikely, but maybe, or 83.4 years, and you compare that to eternity, what exactly is your best life? Will you look back from an eternal perspective and go, wow, that was fun for 83 years, but now, or will we look back and go, wow, that led me here with the Lord? You see, it's so easy for me because I'm in the doom scrolling business to forget that day after day, some things haven't changed about the world. There is a person listening to this and and I was so blessed when we did the event in Bothell to meet young people. Guys, there were people there who were nine, 10 and 11 years old and their parents have them listen to the show, which which really makes me uneasy when we, we share some of the content we do. But I know that these are many, many homeschooling parents. They listen together. They guide the kids through the program. I have beautiful works of art young people gave me. Young woman gave me a card that she painted with her own hands. It's utterly beautiful. Other people have given me artwork. Young people who came 15, 16 years old and began listening to the program. And it has nothing to do with the podcast. In fact, I'm asking you, if you're spending more time with the podcast than you are with the Lord, please drop the podcast. Or turn up the time you spend with the Lord and ministering within your family. See, it's the young people. Someone right now listening to this at a young age, this stuff is still happening. It happened to Denzel Washington. Now, again, I don't know Denzel Washington. I know a lot of people believe that he's a very, very good man and that maybe even a good, strong Christian man. I don't know that to be true. But I know that he doesn't go out and get in obvious trouble in Hollywood. I know that he makes some fine films. 
I know that he tried to talk Will Smith off of a cliff. I know these things about him, but I don't know him. In researching this program, reason to have hope, reason to love the ruin. I came to a commencement address or a series of commencement addresses and statements that Denzel Washington has made over the years. The first part of this, this stuff is still happening. I was 20 years old. I was at my lowest point. And then one day, and I remember the exact day, March 27th, 1975, I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. My mother owned a beauty shop up in Mount Vernon. And there's, there was this older woman who was uh, considered one of the elders in the town. And I didn't know her personally, but I, I was looking in the mirror. And every time I looked at the mirror, I could see her behind me. And she was staring at me. She just kept looking at me. Every time I looked at her, she kept giving me these strange looks. So she finally took the dryer off her head and said, to some, she said something I'll never forget. First of all, she said, somebody give me a piece of paper. Give me a piece of paper. She said, young boy, I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I, 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 I took a course called the cardiac morphogenesis. I couldn't read it. I couldn't say it. I sure couldn't pass it. <laughs> so then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. <laughs> I was a 1.8 GPA one semester. And the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Risks. It's still happening. The Lord implants in all of us, in my judgments, we, we know he gives us gifts. And most don't have the gift of prophecy. I certainly don't. But he gives us abilities all of us. And we know this because the Apostle Paul taught us that we are the body of Christ. And there were people who will say, well, uh, I don't feel like I have any visible big gifts. Well, you think the fingers on the hands are immaterial? Do you think that the thumb doesn't matter? <laughs> well, how do you think raccoons are the way they are? They're not thumbs. Well, they're also rabid little freaks. But the raccoons, we're not. The thumb matters. Eyelids matter. All parts of the body perform a function. All parts of the body of Christ are created to perform a function. In this fallen world, the ruin is showing us what happens when people refuse to follow their proper function. In this ruin, we're seeing dysfunction. We have the opportunity and the necessity and the assignment to within our spheres of influence, and you have them. You have influence at work, even if it's slight. You certainly have influence at home. Best used by your behaviors, not your words. I know because I've failed. You have the church sphere. right? In your church, you have the opportunity to have these influences. The time in which the Lord comes back, no one knows. 
But what we do know is we have the requirement to take whatever it is. If you are skilled at lawn work, take it to the church, take it to volunteering. If you are skilled at carpentry, do that. If you're skilled at listening, then listen. If you're super skilled at listening, then become a Christian counselor. Find this calling that allows you to spend more of your time uh, being about the business of the Lord, about the business of teaching the Bible and what it actually says, the business of teaching what it is to be a Christian and actually follow Christ. This is an opportunity to stand not just in opposition as John Doyle did, and I understand it. And again, I, I can look at it and even enjoy seeing these parents confronted. But what if we are instead building a population of people who outnumbers those that have become depraved? What if we're building a population of people who outstrip them in efficacy because we work so well together? Satan is busily dividing the church along the lines of endorsement of same-sex marriage. Interestingly, the same churches are not dividing themselves along the lines of adultery suddenly being okay. We can outnumber the depravity. In the long run, the path is narrow, the number is few. But in our time, I think we can outnumber them. I said at the top of the show, and I was surprised to know this um, because I live in an area where the home prices have gone way, way up. Um, you know, since we moved here, the, the home price we have is, you know, probably doubled or I, I should say the, you know, the value has probably doubled, but our friends at American financing and AmericanFinancing.net, they're seeing areas of the country where this is actually a great time to buy. And then also, of course, interest rates. And speaking of interest rates, something so unique about working with a family owned national mortgage bank, which is in and of itself unique I mean, to be a family, family-owned national mortgage bank, I don't know that any others exist. You know, American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net, they're not mobbed up with BlackRock, God forbid. They don't have Jamie Dimon running around making, you know, issuing orders. The man and woman who own this together, husband and wife, go home and make decisions over the kitchen table. So what that means for you is that if you are purchasing a home now, whether to get out of the separate countries of California and Oregon and Washington, and I am begging people to prayerfully consider that, I really am. They can lock you into an interest rate for 120 days. And they will do this treating you as an individual. And incidentally, if as they go through your finances and look at your full picture, right? They don't have commissions. So if they're coming and saying, wow, I don't know, you're in such a good position now, maybe we should do a cash out refinance for you. Maybe we should refinance your existing loan because they're in it to serve, right? They make money at it, but not to be served. No upfront fees, no commissions. And locking in an interest rate for 120 days with a company that is A-plus at the Better Business Bureau, over 6,700 Google reviews at high, high stars, nearly five-star average. This is a unique opportunity to work with a unique company, and they were with Rush Limbaugh for, uh, well, decades. Need I say more about the beloved Maha, God rest him. Get locked in on the interest rate, work with a company that knows the heart of the people with whom they work because... They choose to remain a family-owned national mortgage bank. It's American Financing, 
866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 1823.34 and NMLSConsumeraccess.org. This is still happening to people. It is still happening that people find that which the Lord implanted in them. A gift, a calling, a desire. The more time we spend in anger, the less likely you are to find it. The more time we spend head down doom scrolling, the less likely you are to find it. We know this because God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Anger and rage are not godly qualities. They're not Christ-like qualities. The more time we spend fostering love, I didn't say acceptance of sin. That's not love. The more time we spend loving God's word and passing on the, the, the love of God's word, the more time you will spend saving your family from this, this fallen world, the more time you will spend saving them for eternity. But even the demons, right? They, they love their, their, their friends. And when we spread this out throughout the spheres, we have an opportunity to change things. We are not all Denzel Washington. Far from it. He has a specific talent that pays him a whole bunch of money. Many of us have talents that allow us to get by and the Lord cares for us far more than the, the sparrows in the field. He cares for us. And looking at the ruin of the world as I am watching people like, I listened to a song the other day by Billie Eilish. Um, it's called, uh, it's something like, I finally got everything I wanted. Man, she's a little earworm creator. That song is, it's earworm material. It's, it's, man, it's dramatic. It's, I, I guess it's sort of in a way, it's hauntingly beautiful. That's not the song I'm talking about in this episode, but I listened to her and I listened to some of her other works and man, wow, this young girl is just wants to be objectified and, and treated as an, an object by men. And, and I, I look at the videos she's putting out and they seem so utterly vile and but man, there's this core in her somewhere where God gave her this gift, these earworm songs that are dramatic and, and Satan stepped in and said, hey, 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 I'll make you bigger. I'll give you more. See, all this in front of you, Billy, all of this can be yours for 83.4 years. And then... Well, then you write a check to the piper. So even if the gifts we give, that the Lord gives us, never lead to that monumental richness or that independent wealth, what, what is that? 83.4 years of independent wealth and then eternity. <sighs> Let's do the balance. I've learned to love the ruin because it's showing us what awaits if we do not stay locked to the word. Yeah, and then the song came to me. So Denzel Washington's, this video someone put together, it wraps up this way. This is part two. What are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. 
Some of you are business majors. Some of you are theologians, nurses, sociologists. Some of you have money. Some of you have patience. Some of you have kindness. Some of you have love. Some of you have the gift of long suffering, whatever it is, whatever your gift is. What are you going to do with what you have? And it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. We all have different talents. Some of you will be doctors, some lawyers, some scientists, some educators, some nurses. The most selfish thing you can do in this world is help someone else. This is a uh, guy who cleans our gym. And I, I, um, I talked to him one day. He was mopping. And I talked to him one day. And said, hey, I really appreciate the way you keep the gym clean. And he got this big smile. Said, Thank you, sir. Thank you. I said, hey, by the way, I'm Todd. I, I don't like being called sir. And shook his hand. And, and this is in the separate country of Washington. I still have one place I spend money regularly over there because of the gym structure. And, and my, my, my Idaho gym, though I love it, just has really limited hours, um, open gym hours. And now when I go in, he and I will speak from time to time and I've learned a little bit of the life story. Restart for him. Had a ton of struggles, made a ton of mistakes. The job cleaning up and, and mopping is a restart. He definitely needed this, but he's so grateful to have it. And here's the thing I love about this man, Kit, is Kit cleans everything. Man, I saw Kit the other day. I was in the middle of lifting uh, as such as I can with my broken wing. And he was moving stacks of weights and, you know, 950 pounds of weight ultimately out of the way so he could get in and mop the corner. And I, and I came over and said, hey, Kit, let me help you. He goes, no, no, no. No, you do your thing. You, you do you. I'm taking care of this. That's fine. And, 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 and Kit's not an old man. It's just that, you know, gosh, that's, it's to watch a man work, to not do it. To not step in and help, but Kit takes such great pleasure in knowing that the gym is this clean. And he's been given this gift of gratitude. He is grateful for the second chance. He's been given the gift of appreciation for a job well done. I watch Kit after he cleans an area. I watch him step back and look. Yep. It's clean for my people. Customers have a clean gym. The gifts that we have, our kids watch. They watch if we appreciate them. If we recognize from where they ultimately come, and I've learned that Chris, uh, that, that, that Kit is a Christ follower, the core of his gratitude the people taking their kids into a bar dedicated to same-sex attraction and dating and getting drunk. What are you grateful for? What's, what's the gratitude? You're grateful for your kids? Or are you grateful that you can walk into a place that's going to tell you that your, your lust is, is cool? You're going to walk into a place that will give you a pretend sense 
of love, that's love. And so this song just utterly convicted me. Reminded me of something my wife does that is so cool. I think it's an invitation for all of us. You know, every Friday I talk with my, my very good friend, my dear friend. I, I shouldn't say that because I make fun of the politicians having dear, dear friends, but you know, of, of my brother, Zach Abraham. We talk every Friday. He is the chief, uh, the chief uh, investment officer at Bulwark Capital Management. <laughs> he has a lot of gifts. First of all, Zach is a teacher. He's a parent. Um, he's deeply grateful for what he has. But man, he has this gift of looking at the financial system understanding it's broken and it's rigged and looking at it and seeing clarity. And he'll be the first to tell you, he ain't no uh, prognosticator. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He, he, he come out and say, I oh, look, I believe that the 0% interest rate loans that they're giving the big boys can't lead to anything but good. I see inflation going up, but Zach will tell you, that's not me. That's just math. That's just math. Or he'll look at things, and he's been saying this for years. Hey, everyone's betting on tech. Todd, you can't run a computer without copper. <laughs> you can't build computer networks without the core materials. And you can't build all these electric cars without the core materials you need to make them run. And no one is betting on them. So he just sees with clarity. And then he can keep this gobbled mess in his mind and still remember that he's stewarding people's money Look, the world is being made risky financially. Bulwark Capital Management is 100% focused on risk management because they work with people who are near retirement or they aspire to retire. If that gobbled mess of financial system has you thinking about your 401k or 403b or when I ask you, hey, are you ready to retire if you get a knot in your stomach? Or your current financial advisor is playing that game with the 60-40 stock bond mix that, that just I don't think works. Zach doesn't think works in this inflationary environment. Call Bohr Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or just go to knowyourriskradio.com. Phone number one more time, 866-779-RISK. Knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management and Investment Advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. What if the thing the Lord is calling us to do to save souls in our spheres of influence, our work sphere, our church sphere, and our home sphere, what if the thing he's calling us to do in say providing food for others what is the thing he's calling us to do say being the best janitor we can be what is the thing he's calling and, and therefore showing gratitude and therefore being christ-like at your work do every task like 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 you're working for the lord and that's kit's point of view hey god gave me this job i'm going to do it the best of my ability All right what if those things that he's, he's asking us to do and inviting us to do actually turn out to be more fun. What if the depravity of the world causes us instead to turn to our spheres of influence and spread the word of God, to spread the gospel, but not just by word, but by deed, by action? What if all this shortage the party is creating 
all this fake shortage, the supply chain shortage and, and strangling the energy system the same way they strangled. They, they strangled early treatment to, to force everybody down the road of, of going into the um, mRNA injections. That's exactly what they did. And the supply chain stuff on the energy side, oh, well, we've got to get to green. You can see the gas price is 10 bucks a gallon. The only thing you can do is buy a Tesla. Well, not Tesla because Elon Musk likes free speech. So buy, buy a GM. They're mobbed up. What if all of that is an opportunity to return to and remember the abundance that the Lord has given us? This song came on. It instantly reminded me of my wife and something that she does in these times that, that is very, very cathartic for her. And it's great for us. And they did bleep a word in here. I really don't like to have curse words on the show unless I think that it is material to the, to the topic, like really material. So I'm driving down the road, North Idaho. The song comes on. I was in between going to the gym and going home to doom scroll. Show research. I didn't recognize the last name. I mean, it's a common last name, but in music, you would think, well, you'd recognize his name, wouldn't you? So I went home, looked it up, went to YouTube, and there's the video. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, wait, there's a liberal stoner there. It's Lucas Nelson and family, Willie Nelson. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is knockout songwriting. It's not. I, I'm not going to tell you that that Willie does much in the video. He doesn't. He sings a little bit, but his two sons are there. And at one point, it looks like Willie's going to play guitar, and, and he doesn't. It's it's Luke Wilson's song. All right, Willie uh, Nelson. I, sorry, Luke Nelson's song. Yeah, I'm Joe Biden. Oh, shut up, fat. It's the message. And yeah, it's sophistry because it doesn't have God at the center and, and talking about peace and love without God at the center. Hey, it's, it's an, you know, it's, it's, what are those candies that used to get to crunch down to the center of those, those lollipops? It's like that. And that tastes good for a little while, but without God at the center, but they just convicted me. God can use any vessel. I mean, God is using me, a absolutely broken rodeo clown. He'll use you. You're not, you're, you're less broken than I am. I almost, I virtually guarantee it. You have spheres of influence. You have the antidote. I love the ruin because it shows us the comparison. This song utterly convicted me. I believe that every heart is kind. Some are just a little underused. Hatred is a symptom of the times Lost in these uneducated blues I just want to love you while I can All these other thoughts have me confused I don't need to try and understand I'll turn off the f***ing news Turn off the news and build a garden Just my neighborhood and me We might feel a bit less hard We might feel 
feel a bit more free Turn off the news and raise the kids Give them something to believe in Teach them how to be good people Give them hope that they can see Hope that they can see can see. Hey, Herman, look, I love that you guys have property. Congratulations. I can't build a garden. Metaphorically, if you have the Holy Spirit in your home and in your heart, have you opened your home? One of the anecdotes to this is our spheres, our home sphere. If you have the love of God in your home, in the spirit, you're asked to open the doors. And hey, again, right here, worst offender, worst. We are called to open our doors, to share that. He says, trust builds trust. You know what actually draws people to God? Experiencing him. God can be experienced through his word, through his church, the church body. Occasionally, there are still people who are, have the gift of prophecy. Most of us simply have, if we are Jesus needers and given our lives to the Lord, we simply have the Holy Spirit. That people experience God through us if we're godly. And if our homes are this, it doesn't need to be a garden of food. It can be a garden of love. It can be a garden of God's word. It can be a garden of living it. It can be a garden of showing people these people are different. I was in the airport. And there was a family, obviously adopted kids, white parents, kids, darker skinned. There were five of them ranging in age from 17 down to five. The five-year-old wanted to play with Legos. The 17-year-old was working on his tests, his homework. None of them had phones. None of them. They had books. The middle-aged kids, the kids in the middle, were helping one another draw pictures, taking turns. The young man studiously working on his homework The young girl, five years old, sitting on the carpet in front of me with her father building a hotel, asked this question. As she looked at the hotel she'd built, she looked at her father and said, 
But daddy, where will the workers live? Where will the workers live? And he said, well, honey, God will provide. She said, daddy, these are Legos. Well, he said, what would God do? We'd build them homes. How? <laughs> daddy, he'd have other people build the homes. I had the occasion as they boarded the plane to simply say to the dad, hey, thank you for giving me a little bit of hope today. He built a garden right there on the floor of an airport with his little girl. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let's be open. Let's be open to sharing the spirit in our spheres of influence.